Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that finished Gundam Double O and decided it was time to da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-duel. My name is Jeremy. I'm a hitman for the Gunpla Mafia, not the Gunpla Plakiza anymore. I'm Tyler. I'm able to follow the racing line. My name is Zach. Zach got very loud between the uh, <laughs> mic check and now. So, Zach's, Zach's energy came to him as if he had asked for it from others. Surprising no one. Spirit Bomba. I had one of those moments because I did the Spirit Bomb thing and then was like, wait, this is an audio podcast. People can't see me. <laughs> Correct. So we have to tell them that we are watching episode 14 of Gundam Build Fighters today. Codename C. What, what does the C stand for? Do we ever learn... I Cryptic. Re- I really code hope name. it's Carlos. Codename, codename. I don't know. Cypher is the only other thing I came up with. That's not exciting. Uh, is it something in Japanese, maybe, that starts with phonetic C? Or do they say codename C at any point? I don't think they do. I think they just refer to him as that man. Raul, I think next episode, calls him C specifically. And I'm not sure if, if he actually does name drop him. He does refer to him as a member... <laughs> Of the Gumpla Mafia. Of the Gumpla Mafia, and that is all I need to know. Um, (laughs) I was actually kind of expecting when Rawl, at the later part, confronts this dude, the guy to turn around and be like, Lieutenant, what are you doing here? I Yeah, I was 90% expecting that. not expecting hand-to-hand combat spoilers for this episode. (laughs) It's a shame this is such a disposable episode. It is. So I thought we could talk at the top instead of going into my favorite bit of (laughs) recapping the episode into some stuff we talked about off mic last time about how Gundam Build Fighters compares as a series to, say, Gundam Double O or (laughs) Gundam Seed, because I think that's worth sharing with our audience. And Um, we're about halfway through, right? A uh, little over, in fact. A little over halfway, yes. We, in fact, have a new opening this week. So yes, a little bit more than halfway through. But... Gundam Build Fighters has been very fun, and people seem to be enjoying it when they talk about it on our Discord, our coverage of it, which is good. But what I was a little afraid of in calling it and decided I didn't care because I wanted to watch it (laughs) was that it doesn't really have the meat to talk about that the other series do, which is why our episodes are getting shorter. And also, it's good, so it's harder to make fun of. You're right. It doesn't have the same like overarching, serious plot lines that like Seed and Double O like the racism angle for Seed and the overall, like, uh, what's it called? Child soldiers thing going on in Double Lot. There's no cool robot war is bad. Yes, and like, because even here, we don't necessarily have the same kind of, like, uh, coming of age story that you would expect in something like this because Say is already pretty mature for his, like, he's already basically gone through what you would see in a coming of age story. Like, he's not a shitty person. Or a shitty child or shitty teenager who has to become a responsible adult. He's already kind of a responsible adult in character, even if it's not necessarily in age. Reiji is, though. But the thing <laughs> is, Reiji is also the balancing point to say, right? Yeah. Because he's not the one who has an arc to develop. He is the he's the manic pixie dream girl in this story. <laughs> he is, yes. <laughs> Both of them, in theory, should be growing together as a unit, but they're kind of static characters. Like, we haven't seen a great deal of emotional maturity or these characters going anywhere like we've seen emotional maturity that was a, a poor choice of words but we haven't seen any like real character growth in these characters growing and changing it's not like watching athrid and seed for example yeah or even sets in a and um i totally blanked on his name what the is his name Tyria? no uh, that's up. another good choice 
Um, no, the civilians. Saji. Thank you, Saji. We don't Al- see Alejandra that here. Corner. We we don't see that here, Daryl. <laughs> um, it's because the arcs that these characters have are mostly romantic comedy arcs. They are very taming of the shrew, and eventually that will lead to change. But you need lots of tension to make the shipping fun, so they have to not change for a while first. I also think that we are given a bunch of pretty well developed characters. And a lot of the fun of this show, and I, like part part of the reason I like it is you have characters that feel like three dimensional characters just being plopped next to each other, and the drama that occurs from having them interact is like what drives most of the show's comedy. I, I think it's also the show is much more a comedy than either of the pre of the two mentioned. Yeah, and by much more I mean any at all a comedy. Yeah, more. <laughs> those those series would have occasional comedic moments. Like uh, lock on buying sets in a milk when they all get back together. Again, that's a comedic moment. That's intended to be a comedic moment. But it's more of a, our series is so dark and brooding, here's a comedy bit to lighten the mood a little bit. And as we've said before, that's in large part because Gundam Build Fighters is aimed at younger children than Gundam generally is. Uh, The fact that the characters are so good is what makes it such a strong series. And that's the thing that this franchise slowly loses. The tri-characters are not as well-developed, in large part because they try to cram more characters in, and they lose it because they've still got... The best characters are still on this level of quality, but not every character is. And then you get to Build Divers, Weirdly, uh, which you've seen. <laughs> build Divers feels like it tries to have its cake and eat it, too, with the serious plotline around uh, Sarah. You know, because here's this AI. They're going to delete the this character. And it feels like it's trying to get that same kind of feeling as Double Ot and Seed had. But it's like, dude, you're putting this in your fun, fun, silly, in quotation marks, uh, silly, in quotation marks, you know, uh, Gundam series all about these people playing an MMO. Like you're, you're cramming this in here, whereas it really doesn't fit. That's the kind of thing that would make a lot of sense in a series like Seed, like Double Ot that has these kind of things from the beginning, but they are like, okay, no, it's just this kind of fun, silly, look how great this made-up video game is. And spoilers, Gundam Build Fighters is going to veer into that territory a little bit as well, and we will see how we think it fares. I have kind of seen that coming, and honestly, I think it's kind of earned it, because they've done a lot of setting up of it, and, like, Reiji is a weirdly serious person. He is not a goofball in a way that you expect him to be a goofball. Well, Reiji is extremely goofy, and he kind of exists as that, but he is still one of those characters that when you hit on a nerve that he actually cares about, he gets super serious. I'm trying to think of, like, what trope that is. I know there are tons of other anime characters that Like Vash the Stampede. Uh, Yeah, No, it's not not the same as Vash, because Vash falls into crouching moron hidden badass. Um, Reiji is not crouching moron hidden badass. He's just got a berserk button. Let's speak in only tropes. Um, But even, like, Yuki is also very serious, right? But they play that for comedy. Yeah. He gets to be the Batman in the Harley Quinn show role of being the most serious one there, and that's hilarious. Even Rambaral kind of falls into that because he is still more serious than others. Yes, but, but his... from a meta perspective, he's quoting Rambaral all the time in when, like, vaguely the context for it almost exists. Well, it's more of like, because in, I, I put him there because of that one episode in which he, uh, Reiji actually quotes in this episode about 
you know, it, because it is a game, people can take it so seriously. Which I did want to get back to, because that's the one big theme this show has had that it treated seriously and had an impact, right? And that's also a bit of Reiji's development, right? Of going from like pretending he doesn't care to being like, oh no, maybe it is cool if I care. Maybe I shouldn't be a teenager who just pretends he doesn't have fun with anything. <laughs> but we don't get that week to week. And which I honestly think is fine that we don't see. Like, the fact that he's taking the tournament seriously because he wants to fight serious opponents, I think, is part of it. Yeah, well, I think saying, there's, a, there's a combination of things, I think. Because, yes, he wants to go up against strong people because he likes he wants to test himself and see how good he actually is. That's the feeling I get from him. But I feel like he also is willing to take it so seriously because of how much it matters to say. Or how much he thinks it matters to say because say is his friend. And therefore, he's going to go out on a limb for him. Because we already saw him go out on a limb for Isla. Someone he doesn't even know. And as crown prince, it's a matter of honor. <laughs> One last point on this, getting back to it being kiddish and Zach saying this episode is disposable. Last week, Zach said this, we're in kind of a filler period. And the word I would use is like, we're in the grind of build fighters for a bit. We're just going to build fight at us for a while. I don't like the word filler in general. I think it's overused because... In anime based on manga, you have legitimate filler of, hey, we need to fill space and not advance the plot. And that's not what this is. This is the premise of the show is, hey, let's have this Gundam tournament and do some stuff. And we're just in the episodic exploration of it. I uh, just wish we had more cool fights and less bullshit arena match things. The problem I had with this episode, my call to disposable, is because I knew exactly what was going to happen from the outset. And there was no drama, no stakes. No, nothing. I knew exactly what was going to happen, and it just didn't matter. Because of the way they have it formatted, I knew they were going to lose because it had to set up a drama for what was going to come. Yeah, we need some tension. Therefore, this episode literally doesn't matter. I mean, but that's a matter of us watching it when it's not aimed at us, right? Because this is aimed at children who might think that the good guys always win if that's media they're familiar with. And turns out they always at least draw. And even... <laughs> Thus far, the pace has always been the chairman sets up some big problem for them and they overcome it, which is the same thing here. They just, spoiler, do not overcome it. No, it's just, like I, like I said, there, there are ways you can play with that, and that's what they do in the next episode, is that they play with that idea of uh, moderated success. Whereas here, say, they don't. So the entire like climax of the episode of, oh, will they be able to do it? I'm like, no. Like, no, they're not going to, because if they win, there's no drama for next episode. Well, you can create drama with the side characters, but they, they here they run into the problem of showing us all the side characters first. So the re situation could have been reversed in the next episode, right? Fellini could have lost here, and it could have been Reiji and Say going, oh, do we throw it for him? And the answer is clearly not. Yeah. No. Fellini. The, the, the episode is otherwise the same episode, right? Yeah. Uh, but we'll talk about next week, next week, where I don't think we'll be using words like disposable or for children. And we'll be more like, hey, you know, the reason, maybe the reason Build Divers sucked was the guy who directed this got poached for My Hero Academia after this. <laughs> <laughs> but in general, like, I feel like there's a lot of things that they could have done to make this episode not feel as disposable for it. Granted, some of that does come up with regards to previous iterations and things that they probably needed to do earlier in order to set this up, especially with regards to everybody's undefeated, therefore losing once is the end. That's not really satisfying in a weird way. So that is how a lot of point system tournaments work, though, right? That's how Swiss tournaments almost always work out. If you have ever performed in a Swiss event, if you lose one match, you are terribly down. 
And if you lose two, it's over. Even though you get to keep competing. All right. So with all that said, we're going to watch episode 14 of Gundam Build Fighters. If this is your first episode, oh, we just talked about the themes and stuff. I don't know. Go back to last <laughs> week's where we are like, and there's a genie boy who might be Plavsky particles <laughs> or a prince. You might have just taken the class prince. You can watch along with us on Crunchyroll if you like, or if you have the DVDs, that's an option. We begin on a snowy window. What season is this? Oh, this is a flashback. Never yeah, mind. Yeah, this is a flashback to Isla being recruited. Being like, we value your ability, and we have the technology to amplify it many times over. The rest is up to you, Isla Yurkiainen. Um, I She's love got her- like this Oliver Twist Oliver ensemble. T- yeah. I love her outfit. It is so good. Oh, what we know here is no matter how poor Isla is, she's a fashion master. <laughs> <laughs> Although this, based on the appearance to character background this is kind of giving us, it does throw her sweet spinge into, pers- or into a different light. Yeah, she used to be poor, so now she just wants to eat all the time. The Kyoko. Yeah, I was going to mention it's Kyoko. Um. <laughs> when in doubt, just steal Kyoko. Who? From Madoka Magica. Oh, Redhead. okay, I got you. DDR Sweet Squirrel. Anyway, Isla's like, yeah, sure, I'm great. I will do whatever you want. And he's like, all we want you to do is gunpla battle. <laughs> Cut to her room where she has discarded potato chips and ramen bowls and soda and everything. And she and- is studying <laughs> the uh, the Starbuild Strike and she finds that ragey... Confirm Reiji is its pilot. So the, the boy she has a crush on is now her opponent. And she's like, man, why did he play video games like they're actually fun? I do like her uh, casual sweats outfits. Oh, yeah. Master of fashion, no matter what <laughs> she's doing. Yeah. And so she says he's just going to lose against me anyway. So what does it matter if he thinks it's fun? And hey, we have a new opening sequence. What do you guys think of this opening in general? Well, <laughs> that is a little bit loaded, but I was going to ask the question before. I know. Tyler, what do you think of the the opening? I'm curious. I, I have I mean, something to say about it, but I want to hear what you have to say first. I thought it was fine. I don't. I think the song I can completely take or leave. Yeah, it's kind no, of nothing I agree. to me. I think the opening sequence has some incredible action shots. Specifically, opening Sheena. I forgot to make you read my notes beforehand. Oh, yeah, but opening Sheena. I actually found that I really like this opening. Um. Should I tell the story about how the second song that played when we were driving up here was this song? I was. (laughs) (laughs) What? How? What? (laughs) It's on iTunes. Okay. (laughs) So I went and I I got it from my iPod because I really enjoyed it. So I mean, so you like you like the song more than me and Jeremy do. Clearly, it was very. I I found the the song to be very upbeat. I really. It's one of those things that I just kind of like having on. Because it's like it's like I said, I find it kind of fun to listen to. The opening itself, most of the sequences I actually enjoyed. I, I like how it starts with like Say and Reiji running through like the convention center, and then it, it jumps into like right here we've got the scene of everybody who's got they've got like the glowing wands around the actual uh, gunpla battle platform. I think the upbeatness of the song, even though I don't super care for it, is perfect for the series. And that's like we get staccato cuts, which I always like, and a lot of upward action, which is not usually used. And my in... favorite scene of China just putting a blanket on Say. <laughs> yes. um, it's adorable. It is. We get this like overly um, 
dynamic shot of Ricardo Fellini at night, too. <laughs> While there's, like, a meteor shower going on. So he's clearly going to be a much more... He's, he's clearly very important. And Sad Isla. What would a Gundam opening be without Sad Isla? <laughs> without and at least a sad, a sad girl? Yes. And this amazing Dutch corridor shot of Majin Kawaguchi fixing his hair. Mm. <laughs> And uh, we also we get a shot of Rambaral, the uh, Mao's like master, and uh, Say's dad all together. Do we think Rambaral was supposed to be as big a character as he is at at first, and then people just liked him a lot? No, I think that was plan- I think that was a joke they planned from the start. Okay, I, I think <laughs> I I think they did. It he feels way too integral for it to be. Oh man, he was popular. Let's uh, add him in, or let's let's have him do more stuff. I mean, his role could have been expanded slightly, but, I mean, Rambaral is already an incredibly popular character. That's fair. There's also grappling, and there should be more grappling in Gundam, yeah, period. Isla and Starbuild Strike grappling against each other is really cool. And I assume this is what you meant by opening Chino. No, no, it was uh, her putting a blanket on Say specifically, and then blushing and, about it. I but. mean, that makes more sense. And I even like the end action shot a lot. There's so much weight to the fight here. Um, I actually really like the new ending we get a lot, too. Uh, I, so. I, I do as well. Much more than this opening, actually. Uh, the song, not the sequence. The sequence is just an ending sequence. Um, no, I do like the sequence where they have the... Well, no, we can talk about it when we get to the ending. Cut to rifle shooting competition. It's like a skills <laughs> contest. Yeah, because they need to get through as many events as possible. And hey, the boys are using the build Mark II because the star build strike is so damaged. And Say is controlling while Reshi is like, please do a good job, Say. I feel like that's also one of the reasons why they're using the, uh, they're not using the star build strike is that Say is driving. Visually, the build Mark II is certainly Say's Gundam. Then they play Clam Blitz, everyone's favorite Splatoon mode. I was going to say, they definitely play one of the games from an N64 multiplayer tack-on <laughs> to a single-player game. And then they get a, in a three-on-three with a Mercurius. Say, Mao, and a Mercurius. Mercurius gets carried. Which I feel like th- this is the exact type of battle the Mercurius would be good for. I mean, and maybe whoever is piloting it does not use it in every battle, because we've seen various it's characters like, switch suits depending on the round. Yeah, uh, Say and Ray, Say, our main, or I guess our main cast, Say, Reiji, uh, Mao, and uh, like Fellini. Fellini and the Majin don't change Gundams based on what they're doing. No, but the German champ does, as do the Shady Brothers. Anyway, they win the three-on-three match because Mao just nukes an area. And, and Say is like... You know, thanks for thanks for carrying Mao and Mao's. Li- I'm like, guys, it's a three on three. It's not. He didn't help you out out of the ho- kindness of his heart. He's literally on your team. <laughs> also, his explicit reasoning is, if you guys get wiped out now, I won't be able to kick your asses later. And Say and Reiji are like, yes, but we'll kick your ass back. And Isla is watching from a corridor, like, hmm. Until our boss, Nine Bathers, is like, hey, what's going on? Is something wrong with your cosplay? <laughs> I was like, no, it's just uncomfortable. Nothing Do you see new. how much hair I have to hide under this damn helmet? It does seem like she might go for a haircut, but she doesn't want to ruin her fashion. So <laughs> we cut to the boys having lunch with China and Rawl, and Reggie's like, Doc says my injury's going to be okay. At the very least, I do like the fact that they actually did have his injury spill over into this episode. Because I was fully expecting it to just not be mentioned or not be a thing in this episode after it happened. After after it played its part for dramatic tension in the last episode, I was fully expecting it to just be gone. I mean, granted, it doesn't really play a part here either, 
but they acknowledge that it was there. I mean, he and even the goes that, to the hospital about it. And the fact that Say was piloting the build Gundam instead of Reiji. So Ron Burrell's like, you're undefeated through the sixth period. That's pretty impressive for a bunch of middle schoolers. I like how he's like, we're just lucky. And Reiji's like, yeah, my highest stat is luck. <laughs> but Sheena brings up that there's eight periods in the qualifiers. And despite the fact that they have won six out of eight, a lot of other people have also won six out of eight. And you have to be in the top 16 to advance to the finals. Rawl clarifies that, oh no, there are many talented pilots like Majin Kawaguchi and Isla Yurkiainen and... And there's a couple now. of people that are on the fringes looking in. Yeah, like Long, who only lost at baseball. And does that even count? <laughs> <laughs> we do get flashbacks of the camp for Amazing's B-Moosies, which rule. <laughs> I like, I just noticed that Isla's mobile suit always has its hand on its hip when she's attacking. Because <laughs> she can't not be stylish. It's in her blood. <laughs> in her, I, I can never, it's like the Cubile Papillion or something like Cubile that. Cubile Papillion, yes. Yep. Butterfly. Also, Nils Nielsen, he's a character. Remember him? And Ricardo Fellini hasn't lost anything yet either. Technically. Only because Say and Reiji have saved his ass like twice. No, they've only... Saved his ass once? They, they, they helped him once. But he also paid them back in that same, in that same battle. Because that's the battle that the, uh, the giant Zaku came in and picked a fight with him. And Ron was like, also other characters we haven't heard of before, like Morris from Australia and Spillman and Fox. And also others, which is my favorite line. And so on. <laughs> they couldn't even come up with 12 fake so names. Apparently 12 people have won all of their games and there are seven people who are one win away, basically. Anyway, don't get cocky, kid. Z Plurals. I'm just not entirely sure how you managed to go from they're behind by four or the, the people behind you are behind by four you win four points if you win the race in this episode how does that immediately drop you out what is the what are, what are their tiebreakers <laughs> that's a great question <laughs> someone like, wasn't doing math wouldn't the tie the tiebreakers would come into play on some of these because like they be uh, long in a one-on-one -on -one. so even so if he wins wouldn't that mean he would hold the tiebreaker he yeah wouldn't, shouldn't he be in the same points? place as them what if the tiebreaker is how many guys did you kill in the battle royale <laughs> i know well that's what i'm saying is that yeah. they they don't go into that which makes a lot of the points drama feel it's exposition weird. heavy. I don't even think it's if weird. I already kind of we we watching this. If you know how things work, e they're not going to be ejected from the tournament. They they can't be. Uh, cut to Chairman Mashita, who's like, man, the kids I hate haven't lost once. Look, they're fish in the fish tank now. I don't want them to get to the finals. I don't. He's throwing a full on hissy fit. So his assistant Baker is like, yeah. So why why do we care? And he's like, uh, no reason, I just hate kids. Because I, I hate those kids specifically. And if they win, I'll be obligated to do sponsorship deals with them. So don't. Don't let them win. That's your job. Apparently. And she's like, okay, I guess I'll call a hitman. <laughs> I can't quite afford Gumpla John Wick, but I can get, like, Gumpla, um... Oh, man. Gunpla Smart, I guess. I was trying to think of Norman Osborn's actor's name, and it's gone now. Isn't... Isn't that Christopher Walken? William no, William Christopher Walken is a different guy. <laughs> a very different guy. I, I don't know actors. Not that different, I guess, but a very different guy all the same. Cut the Kalala on TV. She's cuting at it. Every, everyone's crazy about that for some reason. And so she goes into the what's coming up in the next round. It's going to be a race, like we keep alluding to. Welcome to Ogumpla Card. 
What's the blue shell of gunpla cart? A colony? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but they have to race around hitting the checkpoints. It's a three lap race. And there'll be nine heats. Each winner gets four points. Nine heats of ten Gundams apiece. Winner take all. I do love the dramatic close-up they do of her face for this. Anyway, you can choose whatever gumpfly you want, but you can also attack each other. So I guess don't just build a race car. And we see a bunch of people just getting various transport gumplicates. As Ricardo Fellini puts in his panel lines on his motorcycle. <laughs> I feel like he's just fixing up the motorbike because he already... Uh, we, we've seen him use that before. Fair. As we get a montage of the other main characters modifying and building their gumpla. So anyway, make it sure to scope out the competition as Richie's like, well, that was good TV. And Say is like, all right, I fixed everything. We're good to go. We're vaguely based on the freedom, which as you know, I guess you don't know, Reggie, but as any listener of this podcast will know means, it's fast. (laughs) And I I love how Say does say, go to the hospital, have your injury checked out, Reggie. And (laughs) Reggie's like, I'm fine. And then Say is just like, go now. (laughs) But we see Shady McShaderson is watching them with binoculars through his sunglasses. (laughs) Honestly, I was expecting it to be more of a direct cheating in the way, the same way that Kirara did when they fought her. Some sort of sabotage. Uh Uh-huh. I feel like this is arguably more direct cheating, but we'll get to it when we get to it. Well, because of the fact that it shows him looking, you know, observing Say through the window. No, I get what you mean. He's doing recon, so it seems like he should have done something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Kalalas is more subtle. There's a plausible deniability of like, oh, he just didn't build his Gumpla good. Yeah, it turns out he's a terrible Gumpla builder. Anyway, Reiji leaves the hospital having recovered 1d4 hit points and hit his max. <laughs> but there's an Isla there waiting for him. Who knows his name all of a sudden. Yeah, and so she, she hedges by basically just saying, I saw you on TV. You're in the Gumpla battle tournament. She looks so huh? smug when she says that. And she's like, isn't that pretty childish? How can you be serious about a game? And he's like, oh, I had a whole arc about it. Yeah, and he, he parrots back what Ron Barol said about how, because it's a game, I can take it seriously. It's and like, then says, you should try playing it. It's a lot of fun, which Isla responds to by storming off. Yeah, I thought it was nerd shit at first, too. But then my friend <laughs> Sates kept bugging me and made a genie wish. And it's pretty fun. Pretty good genie wish, I'll think. And I've had this weird, <laughs> this weird old guy hanging, hanging around me and giving me pep talks. You should try finding your own uh, weird guy. Weird old guy. She comes back a little while later and she's being tutored by Moon LaFlaga. <laughs> I, I so want to try to just have Andrew Waltfelt in the Rambo role. Oh, that would have been that. fantastic. <laughs> Listen, kid, you got to put sauce on it. I, I mean, like metaphorical sauce, but also literal sauce. And be sure to drink your coffee in the morning. You don't want to wake up too late and miss it. <laughs> he would never be late, right? <laughs> Well, he might because he was bothering DaCosta or Bruin. Is- well, uh, so he doesn't have DaCosta in this universe, so does that mean he doesn't No, he's still does. able to bother him despite that. <laughs> no, he still has DaCosta. Like, like, he doesn't he have has, his wife, but he has DaCosta. Yeah, DaCosta is his, like, aide. I was going to say, Rambaral doesn't have his DaCosta, who, Clamp, that's his name. I knew it was a dumb name. I couldn't remember what it was. I was reborn in another world as a coffee-loving fiend. Also, my aide is here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we don't get an eye catch or Andrew Walfeld, sadly. The best part of waking up is DaCosta making you a cup. Take that however you want. Hello, and welcome to episode 14, 14 of Gundam Build Fighters. Uh, hey, we got a new opening and a new outro, and I like both of them. I think Jeremy does, too. I think... I don't know that Zach ever gave us his opinion, so... 
It's a mystery. Either that or we discuss it next episode. Anyway, welcome to the end of February. It's that time I'm making homemade maple syrup out of a definitely not a sugar maple that I have in my yard, and it's a good time. I don't have anything to plug, but I am going to say, hey, thanks to everyone who joined our Discord in the last, like, month and a half. It was a surprising amount of traffic, and I have no idea what drove it, but hey, I appreciate all the new peeps, and all the old peeps, too. I appreciate peeps, Marshmallow Fluff. I'm going to do a bad job of plugging this week and instead ask if anyone has any cool gardening plans because I got bit by the bug real hard this year for some reason. I'm planting potatoes and stuff this year. I'm excited. Anyway, that's that's my plug. Eat more potatoes. Okay, back to Wacky Races. Sneaking along last is that mean machine with those double-dealing do-batters, Dick Dastardly and his sidekick, Muttley. And even now, they're up to some dirty trick, and they're off! And go back to the final lap of the third race. We go back in as a montage. Like, that's yeah. basically what it is. We, we get to see everybody who we've got names for winning. Yeah. Fellini is, of course, on his motorbike. His unicycle. <laughs> it's, it's literally a unicycle. I, I do, do love the German champ. Oh, no, I forgot about the Kalala scene. Yeah, where Fellini's like, are you watching, dear Kalala? He's like, no, I'm interviewing a nine-year-old. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's Ger- middle school age, so he's not nine. The German champ has built Optimus Prime to blockade Fellini. What is just, this based on? I couldn't tell you off. I, I recognize it, but I can't tell you offhand. But so he's the German champ's already been eliminated, so he tries to uh, just play spoiler against Fellini, who just blows him and he just vaporizes yeah, him. Yeah, he just buster rifles him to death. Um, it's actually a pretty good gag. Fellini gets a trophy. <laughs> I think he brought that himself. <laughs> I, it makes the most sense. Nobody else has a trophy. <laughs> uh, Majin Kawaguchi's got those beautiful, beautiful boosters, and so he wins. I wasn't sure if you're going to be able to control it. Naturally, I'm shown in his hack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too cool for a trophy, though. Then, you know, Isla goes and wins. It's She just destroys everything. She destroys everybody her. else, too. She just hedges her bets and kills everybody and wins the race. We call that the F-Zero-X. Luang wins six. <laughs> Nils has built the Master Gundam's horse for his Gumpla to be as samurai racer as possible. <laughs> it rules. And says like, oh no, that guy built a horse. They're all good. Well, it's more of like everyone who is already in our way is still in our way. We didn't get any favors. Then but- we cut to Ron Baral, who is late picking up Chino because he still hasn't bought an alarm clock. And I uh, love you know, this line. <laughs> he, he says his age is starting to get to him. And... uh He's like, oh, I'm 35, and I'm like, bullshit, you're 35. I love how Chino's like, uh, nothing, it's just, you look good for your age, Ramba. <laughs> I think the joke was he should have been as old as Mobile Suit Gundam is. That should yeah. have been the joke, and it's not what they went for. But anyway, we cut to the parking garage. Where uh, Ramba Rawl spots a shady character with a briefcase walking away from him. He's like, I know that guy. He's associated with the Gunpla Mafia. Chino, you go cheer and watch. I'm going to perform a citizen's Gunpla arrest. <laughs> I really wish Ron Barol used to be ex-Mafia. That would be hilarious. I mean, from what we'd seen so far, it was just like everybody knows Ron Barol, so the joke of this guy turning around and being like, what are you doing here, Lieutenant, makes perfect sense. I think he probably knows Ron Barol, and he's more like, oh, fuck, it's Ron Barol. Chena arrives just in time for the race to start because, of course, this is the weirdest field. I mean, some of them make sense. I can see taking a 
uh, Moby is zero. A Moby is zero or a G armor kind of makes sense. I kind the of curios like makes sense. A maxter. The maxter on the surfboard. I mean, also the wheel. Uh, um, it's called the Nidara. I looked yeah. it up or Nidina. I yeah, think. I'm familiar with it. Uh, unless you're playing Super Robot Wars 30th Edition, in which case it's a ellipses X left bracket X X Z Y right bracket dot dot X two. <laughs> a finished game, by the way. I do kind of like the Argentinians. Baku tank? Baku, yes, Baku that they have made for this. So Say's like, stick to the plan, Reiji. Stick to the plan. So here's my theory as to why Say and Reiji are in the front. It's because they're they're leading. basically seated there because they're already leading because the other front rank is the Argentinian guys. Makes so sense. everybody starts shooting at Say and Reiji who promptly absorb the beams and trigger their speed mode and leave. Bye, suckers. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the power boost. Later, bitches. You activated our trap card. A cape. But a cape of speed plus two. Chena is delighted to see them flap away. <laughs> I mean, this is literally the first one that they showed off. I feel like the Argentinians did not fire at them because they knew that would happen. And they're the only ones because everyone else is a nameless idiot. Although they have clearly missiles, which they know is its weakness. True. So anyway, they get like they... halfway through the first lap, basically, before they decide to just... Coast on their lead. Well, they, yeah, they get enough of a lead to the point where they don't actually need to be. And it would be a tactical disadvantage to lap someone, right? Yeah. Because then they can fire on you again. Mm-hmm. But so they go into lap number two, way out in front. It's also important to note that there is a water feature right before the end of the lap because that's where a Zeon lurks. Giant enemy crab appears and immediately grapples them and tries to pull them into the water. Unfortunately, like in D&D, the drowning rolls are so slow that they will be fine. I feel <laughs> like this is something that should trigger some pointed questions from people like the Majin. Yeah, well, the implication is that nobody sees this, but you'd think like Saiyan Reiji at least would have the footage to show people, right? Yeah, given that they're in the lead, unless the tournament organizer just conveniently deleted all the recorded footage. Which would check out, but it also seems like the sort of thing that would have come up. Yeah. Well, also, they specifically call out that the build strike falls in the water and hasn't reemerged. I feel like the Majin, having already seen that the... Uh, organizer had done some shenanigans earlier would make that logical leap because he knows these two and he knows they're not that incompetent yeah but he's at the gym right now so if he needs to grab the chairman's hand again he can <laughs> gotta get swole like a majin a majin's only goal is victory and gains <laughs> so this guy is like a portable rig yeah, he's put in the basement and hooked up to their thing. I kind of like this as like a world building thing. But like we have alluded to, somebody should say something. This should be some sort of investigation at the very least. At least Riot should say there was no wrongdoing and we could all be like, what? Yeah, so it's called out that the star build strike fell in a lake and hasn't come and can't, up. And can't get up. And the announcers are confused. And Cut to Rinko. <laughs> Shaking her TV as the other machines start passing the star build strike. Yeah, I forgot how good Rinko is in this episode also. <laughs> Machine is like, excellent. They're drowning to death. That can happen to a plastic model of a robot, right? Yeah, I, I was actually <laughs> fully expecting uh, the Majin to show up and that was what was going to get them out of it. Anyway, it's a grapple Zeong. It's made of tentacles mostly. Very dark Gundam-esque. And they're electrocuting also. And I think it's uh, it's not super important, but they did lose their shield. Yep. Yes. So they cannot potentially absorb things later. 
But it's not the Majin that saves them. It's Rambaral's fist about to connect with this mafia Oso. Yeah, so Rambaral picks a fight. He shows up, sees what's on the dude's screen and says, roll for initiative, bitch. Are you interfering with our gunplay challenge? I will grapple with you. I bet you don't know the grappling rules. And but unfortunately, like, <laughs> Rambaral is up against the one other guy who has read that section of the book. <laughs> and he set his gunplay to auto-grapple. Codename C starts kicking the shit out of Rambaral. But once he knocks him down, he like turns back to go back to doing whatever it was he was doing. And this gives Rambaral his second wind. Yeah, the chance to shonen at him and be like, no, I won't let you. And then he continues to grapple. Yeah, he and then he power bombs up. the dude onto yep. his portable rig. Is that pro wrestling? <laughs> Which destroys it and causes the Xeon to just turn off. Well, because now nothing is controlling it. My question is, how exactly did the Xeon get there? And how real is the water? Because we've seen all the other stuff is just computer generated. Well, it's Plavsky particles. All the stuff is real in that it's Plavsky particles. So how did he get his gunpla on the field? I assume the organizer put it there for him and then just said, hey, hook in. Uh, that does make sense. Anyway, he goes, smoke bomb! <laughs> and well, Ron- flashbang. And runs away. And in the middle of a battle, Romberall forgets to fight. <laughs> so Say tells Reiji to use the RG system with, the with arms. his arms to, to bust out of the grapple. Do we ever so, establish what RG stands for in this context? I uh, assume it's real good. No, it's it's it actually does show up in the next episode. It actually shows us what it is. I want to say it's radial generation. I think it's, it's, it's something it's some, like that. It's something nonsense. It's like it's like radial generator or something. Anyway, the star built strike emerges from the lake so that Chena can cheer it on. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I do Rinko. love the shots of Rinko, but uh, he's too far back. So they turn on the discharge system. They've only which, got 28% discharge, which is worth 56 seconds. And Rage is like, that's enough. Magical girl mode, go. And so we basically just get a quick shot of him passing everybody. Yep. The flat, which is a turn A thing. A terrible choice, too. <laughs> Rinko continues to be amazing. He starts passing people who chose reasonable models. And also and a maxer on a surfboard. <laughs> and it makes it to second place where it just has to pass the Baku tank with the Argentinian brothers. Uh, I guess the other important thing that I that we didn't mention is in the scuffle, it lost its beam rifle too. Yeah, so oh, I was wondering why it didn't just shoot them. That would make the most sense, but it does, when, when we see them do that, it actually loses its handheld weapons, its handheld stuff. So the Baku tank has rocket boosters and the Curios' missile pod. So the most obvious thing beam to saber do is it. right now you draw the beam saber and cut its tail off. Well, it's already fired all the missiles. No, uh, I'm, well, you just cut its, you, you cut the thing in half and just fly away. Yeah. <laughs> what is he going to do? It's a Baku. Unfortunately, they run out of boost power and the Baku pulls away. Because they had to lose this race. They, they couldn't win for the next episode to be so, dramatic. Okay. It, and then Rinko gets disappointed, which is sad. Rambaral just barely makes it in time. Chairman Machine is elated. And Saiyan Reiji has fallen to 17th place, which is one not good enough. That's not good enough, said. <laughs> but that's the thing of why are you now in 17th? Because there were only 12 people that were undefeated, including you. So how did you now drop to 17th? Uh, because Lawan Duala got extra bonus points for having a que- cool Beetleborg. Same with the other four, pe- the other three people who are apparently in front of them now. Yeah, Mashita gave out special bonus points to everyone. <laughs> he- 
Okay, so my question is, the, there's the Renato brothers in the stupid tank, and they seem smug from the start. Are they in on this somehow, or do they just not care about winning this? They're pretty much always smug. Okay, that's they fair. Were the other t- they were in one of the other people who were undefeated. Yeah. What was their plan for winning this fight, uh, or for winning this race otherwise? Uh-huh. I don't think, they, they weren't planning on the Starbuild Strike being removed. I think they had notched this one up as, we can't compete with that thing unless something weird happens. We'll take our fastest mobile suit. But unfortunately, it's a Baku tank. <laughs> we don't have to worry about it because we're all we're, we are one of the 12 people who haven't lost yet. We'll only fall to 15th and a half place. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so we have a new ending sequence. It's cute. It cute seems cute. like exactly the right word for it. I like it quite a bit. My favorite thing is that there um, it's got two different tones of vocals. And in the like asides, they have different characters seen in it. So like the first part. Rinko pops in and sings something, and then Sheena pops in and sings something. It's really adorable. I love I it. I have a tendency to skip op- uh, to skip endings, so... Yeah, I mean, I almost always skip them as well, but I like it this one well enough. We, we get an excellent montage of Reiji trying to build his own custom Gunpla, and it's a horrible monstrosity. And then we're like, everyone of all ages can enjoy Gunpla. That's the, kind of the point of the show. Also, remember these side characters who don't show up anymore, and also Mao? <laughs> and Niels. And Isla. I guess. I can't even remember Bullhair or Bullcut Kid's name anymore. Sazuki. I was going to say, say it's Saji. I'm like, no, that's <laughs> a different character. Remember, your short pants spirit yep. will never end. But wait, there's more. Indeed. At the chairman's house, he's spitting he's, his wine. He's very smugly sipping his wine. Like, ah, wine always tastes better after cheating to defeat some children. <laughs> when the his door is kicked <laughs> open by Reiji... Uh, who is moderately looked, grumpy. <laughs> and Machina's like, how did this happen to me? I made See, a mistake. When I saw that, my first thought was, is this just a nightmare that guy is having? What is exactly the context for Reiji showing up to deal with this guy? Because this seems to be the thing he's most afraid of whenever it pops up is Reiji encountering him. Like, is he just having a nightmare? <laughs> I hope I don't roll Reiji on the random encounter table. He <laughs> seems to be pretty common. <laughs> he's half the freaking table. Yeah, so I think we made our thoughts on this episode fine. I like the idea of a race, and it's very like if you're going to adapt a Gundam build tournament to something that is more physical, it makes sense as an event. But it suffers from coming at the end of this series of change-ups when these would be better spread out. It would make less sense. It doesn't make sense for the top four to do a race, for example. (laughs) It would be really funny, though. No, but Jeremy's right. It does make sense to have it in, like, the qualifier ends especially with the uh it's a build tournament so how well did you build it yeah did you can you build a fast thing can you build a battle royale thing can you build a baseball thing it's one thing to build something that's really powerful but can you build something that's got the speed to make the track other than that it's a bit disappointing though we get a little isla reggie we get probably the most serious development on them so far but it's not as fun we get a little bit of isla's backstory we see her as a sad orphan girl yep with an impeccable (laughs) fashion sense Fashionable clothes is the only thing on her character sheet for possessions. It's uh, like having a thieves kit, except yeah. it's a uh, orphan girl kit. I'm pretty sure that is one of the available starting items in 5e. I don't think you can start with fashionable clothes. I think they are just out of your price range. Maybe bards can. Anything else you guys want to say on this one? Nothing that I don't think I already said. If you have to skip one... It's I not... It's not mm. The baseball episode, I think, actually. Well, I think you can mostly skip the last couple 
What's your high point, Tyler? For me, it's actually going to be all of Isla's backstory stuff. Um, I like her as a character. I want mo- more cool Isla stuff. Do you have a high point, Zach? I think it might be going for a little bit more of a serious one because Rinko is always great, so it feels kind of like cheating just giving it to the Rinko sections. Um, I think I'm going to have to give it to Rambaral fist fighting the uh, Gunpla Mafia guy. I guess for me, I'm going to go with the Argentinian brothers like, ah, no, this is fine. We have planned for this. We are smart guys. They're out of boost power. So now we will just slowly mosey along and they will fall behind us. (laughs) I have just enough missiles to distract them long enough to run out of boost. Do you have a low point, Tyler? Um, what is my low point? I think what a nothing burger the character codename C is. <laughs> uh, just his whole shtick. I, f- I feel like there had to be a different way to accomplish these goals. And like we discussed earlier, um, even Carrara was a lot more subtle. And I feel like professional hit- gunpla hitman should be maybe a little <laughs> bit more subtle. Zach? I think my low point kind of has to be the ending of the race because it's like... Yeah, this is exactly what I expected to happen. There's absolutely no stakes to this because it's it's an impossible to win situation, and it's not even presented in an, in a uh, really good way, like a Sophie's Choice type of situation. They just can't win because it's not dramatic for them to win. If they win here, they're in. There's and it removes any stakes whatsoever. So weirdly, it removes any stakes from this because they're going to lose. Period. And we know next fight they have to at least win. Uh, well, next fight we know they have to win, or yep. else they're going to, or else they're going home. Don't worry. Which, I mean, granted, we do know they're going to win because otherwise the series ends. No, it's but, a two-year training montage, and then we get build fighter ship it in. But the thing is, you can still play with that, and it's a matter of how do they win. Whereas with this, it's like how do they lose? Someone is going to cheat. Next the, episode, the, the the fucking the chairman is going to cheat. That's what's going to happen. I, yep. We don't need any more context than that. So it's like, they lose. How do they lose? Doesn't really matter. Someone cheated. There you go. Done. Next episode, though, fight to the Fenice. Jeremy, what's your uh, low point? Because I, uh, mine I ki- went a little long. Mine kind of bleeds into next episode, but it said nobody is like, hey, I think there was a cheating here. Seems yeah. like a pretty egregious cheating. Do we have an MVP, Tyler? It's Rambo Rawl. Go, go get him, Mr. Rawlson. Zach, it's it's a uh, Rambaral luchador winner. <laughs> yeah, I think it has to be unanimous. He does do a power bomb on <laughs> the Gumpla Mafia, dude. Anything I mean, else? in the end, it doesn't matter, but because second is second is just first loser in the way they had this set up. I want to try, uh, or I want to make an AMV now. That's just Rambaral set to uh, in the end by <laughs> uh, Lincoln Park. I tried. I mean, I so feel like you can definitely hard. do that with the real Rambaral. I don't know. <laughs> I power bombed a dude. <laughs> Anything else you want to say about this episode, guys? Next one's much better. Join us next week when we will watch episode 15, Fighters Radiance. Podcast ended. <laughs>